Hi, everyone. I'm Darren Hunter, and I'm with Dennis Youssef. And also for our first podcast today with Michael Sands, we are Inspired Growth Training. Today's podcast, the PM Growth Expert Show, we are featuring Jess Kin all the way from Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. Welcome, Jess. Thank you, Darren. I'm really stoked to be here. Now, Jess is a BDM with Harcourt's Marketplace in Brisbane. It's about 15 kilometres west of Brisbane City. And in the last 12 months, Jess has signed up 179 new doors or or properties, depends on which country you're in. But before we we, uh, interview Jess, because Jess is really going to talk about how to prospect for new business without having to rely on any salespeople if you're working with a sales team in your company. But before we get started, let's just give a big shout out for one of our exclusive partners, which is Inspect Real Estate. Now, Jess, you're using Inspect Real Estate for online booking. So how has this helped you um, um, with, with, with property management? I think there's two components to why I find it beneficial. The first thing is, I guess, from a prospective tenant database, um, they do automatically record and and maintain that information and that data, um, which allows us to, without really having to put too much manual work behind it, we can blast new listings. Um, I rented 33% of my total stock volume last month off market by, I guess, utilising that prospective tenant database of people that have already approached our agency. And that was a very easy thing to do. Um, And I, yeah, and I guess on the second part of that, um, you know, from a time efficiency perspective, um, it allows us not to waste time by going to property um, if we haven't got pre-registered people um, booked in in saying that. I do have all my properties open regardless on a Saturday. So even if there's no one or 20 people, I do because I like the advertising perspective of that um, on realestate.com. But certainly from a during the week perspective, it just allows us to be a little bit more time efficient. Yeah. So if you want more information, if you're not doing online bookings, you need to get on board, go to inspectrealestate.com.au. I think they've very much revolutionized property management, definitely in Australia. So um, Dennis, over to you. Yeah. Look, just on IRE, we were the agency integrity real estate that I was with on the South Coast of New South Wales. We were one of the first companies to um, utilize having an online booking system and I've got to say, um, knowing who's going to turn up to those appraise, uh, to those uh, viewings, like you're telling the future, you know who's going to be there. So it's great that you're doing the old school stuff and still doing the home opens because that's a point of difference for you in business as well um, for prospecting and stuff, but also knowing who's going to be there so you can give the heads up to owners. It was gold and it was a great point of difference to use. Um, Michael, you obviously, I mean, 33%, you know, leased, uh, that's amazing. Oh, that's stuff that you used to do as well, quite well. Uh, you possibly mastered that the most, Michael. Um, uh, you know, utilizing it with the video marketing technology and in inspect real estate as well. So, because you, you can target market all your potential tenants once the tenant vacates. Mm. And then, like inspect real estate, brought in that tenant match system too, which kind of made things a lot easier. We can cross reference far more faster than you would before, and. Mm. It's becoming easier, not easy, easier. Yeah, <laughs> well said. So, Jess, why did you join real estate? I mean, you've been in real estate, you're very experienced at it, you've been in it for a while, but why? What, what, no, I've been in, yeah. I've been in real estate for, um, this is my 17th year, so um, I got pushed into it actually because I thought I was super intelligent and I was waiting for my OP results to come out from high school and I was sitting around on mum's couch for two weeks waiting for my results and um, I was convinced that I was going to blitz my OP and go on to be some sort of ridiculous doctor or whatever and my mum basically said you're not actually that smart and you should go and get yourself a job because your OP is going to be rubbish and so that's what I did and her um, friend who I was doing babysitting for worked at an agency down the road they had an opening for a rental receptionist and that was my first job at 17 Um, and then I within three months sort of worked my way up I became the PA to the rental department manager and then I just kept going. And I guess for me, um, over the years, I've seen a, a really big gap of people, especially sort of Gen Y sort of and people my age who 
job hop, you know, to follow the next opportunity. And one of my points of difference from a uh, career perspective was I was sticking with the same industry. And and now I, I guess talking about one of my points of difference is, you know, I'm, I'm 33, 34 years old and I've been in real estate for 17 years. So it's very hard to find someone who at my age has still got the energy and the commitment and um, the enthusiasm whilst also having that experience and knowledge behind me. Yeah, wow. So how long have you been at um, Harcourts for? Uh, this is maybe my 12th year in Harcourts. 12, 12 yep. years. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So, There's some solid years yeah. behind you there and that experience will, you know, certainly um, um, help you a lot in getting into, into a lot of, pro, you know, in front of prospective clients. Yeah. yeah, and I think for me, I, um, you know, I, it wasn't a, t- a full 12-year stint. I sort of do what a lot of people do and they go, oh, I'm such a great BDM. Maybe I'll be a great salesperson. I was still with Harcourts then, but I realised that there was a really good niche market and opportunity to stay in business development versus um, pushing the limits, trying to compete with thousands of very, very good salespeople. So that sort of led me back to rentals. But then furthermore, I then went, Maybe I'll have a go at corporate. So I actually did leave the group for a couple of years. Um, and all that did for me is allowed me, I was a property management operations manager for a number of different agencies, and uh, sorry, offices within the same agency. And it just, I guess, reinstated and reinforced. I'm much better on the tools and I much more enjoy being on the tools than I do sitting behind a desk. Um, so I was very happy to return to the group and I've been here ever since. So, so being in business development, being with the company for so long, um, you must know a lot of people in your local area. Like you must be fully embedded. You've gone in different areas with Harcourts. To be honest, I, um, I yes and no. So I, the, I've been with the Harcourts group for that period of time. I've been with our Oxley office since they established their rental department um, in July 2017 uh, where they had zero properties under management. Um, And then I built that business from scratch, um, managing everything that I was bringing on, doing all the trust accounting, et cetera, until we got to a level where I could um, bring on additional staff. So, um, but, you know, I I really do, I mean, my my marketplace and my area where I operate is very community-based. It is a small, not tight-knit community. So I've gone out of my way to really be a personality. And as everyone knows, I've got quite a big personality, but be a big personality at the local coffee shop with our locals, um, on social media and our local community groups, um, you know, and, and that sense. From a from a Harcourts group perspective, I certainly do uh, know a lot of people, um, if not everyone, across Harcourts and not just in Queensland, but we're talking Australia, internationally. Um, and I take pride in there's a lot of inter-office inter- or inter, I guess, group uh, referrals that you can get from that networking, those networking relationships. So, um, so yes and no, but, yeah, absolutely. And so, I guess, for being a busy mum, you have four kids, so that would be, like, hectic in itself, and you're basically running the day-to-day of what you're doing at work. Yes. How many properties have you bought on in the last 12 months? Uh, 179. So, you've got busy home life, busy work life, you're juggling everything, and you've still managed to smash that. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. stop and like smell the roses and like, you know, give yourself a pat on the back? That's pretty impressive. Uh, look, I think I think for me, um, I think I would be kidding. I think anyone would be kidding themselves to go, oh, you can sort of do this high level of numbers without the hard work behind it. Now, I will, um, I will be the first to say that you won't find me in the office at six o'clock at night. Um, I've got two stepdaughters and two boys, and my youngest has got autism, so. I have to be leaving the office um, between 4 and 4.30 every afternoon. I do get here nice and early because I do the kid drop and stuff and I can get in here at 8 to 8.30. But um, I do, I'm very strict on that um, because I don't like leaving my kids in after school care and things like that um, late, at, late in the afternoon. Um, but, of course, in business development, you know, your business is your phone and I take a number of client calls, etc. I do leave gaps. Um, so... We call it witching hour, a mum term, where between the hours of 4.30 and 6 o'clock, children turn into monsters, mm. awful, terrible people that make 
life difficult for themselves and everyone around them. And so I don't take calls specifically through that time. Um, by seven o'clock, I'm pouring my first glass of wine and doing my callbacks. Um, and then I, on, I do work every Saturday. So yes, I do work six days a week every single week. Um, that is a choice. But unfortunately, I don't think that without that kind of commitment six days a week, I would be able to bring in the volume because Saturdays is such a huge opportunity to meet so many people and, and really establish yourself as a leasing expert in the market. And I think it would just be um, too bigger of a, um, a loss in, in meeting people if, I, if I'm not working those Saturdays. Yeah, I can see that. So then, okay, so... You're here now, you've been in the industry for 17 years. Let's go back to day one. What would day one, Jess, tell now, Jess, now you've got all the experience, you know, you've got family, you've got everything that you've done. What would day one, Jess, want to know? Um, how, okay. Um, all right. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about sort of this the other day, actually, and I was, I was sort of thinking to myself, without being too arrogant here, I was like, you know, I've actually made pretty good professional choices um, and I think I've, I've done all the right sort of things without, you know, little things, but I think I've, I've been on the same track and I've, I was lucky I came from two um, very good, hardworking business people being my parents and my grandparents and their mm. grandparents before then. So the work ethic has always been very strong in my family. Um, but I guess I was thinking about this the other day and I thought the one piece of advice that I would have in some, with someone or for me um, as a young person, the grass is not always greener. Don't move to every single new opportunity thinking that it's going to be better than where you're at. Um, certainly I've, I've made some moves across the last 17 years that have definitely helped me and have been the correct moves for me. Um, but I've also made others where... I've got complacent thinking that there's the grass is greener, like I said, and then realised that actually, no, I, if I'd stuck with where I'm at and appreciate what I have and worked a little bit harder rather than wanting my environment to change and thinking that's going to be the solution to my problems, um, I probably would be even in a better position than I am now. Yeah, totally get that. If I can just ask it in another way. Sure. So, uh, obviously, you know, Michael's asked about, you know, what advice can you give yourself? But with your knowledge now of 17, you know, plus years, plus another, you know, uh, 16 in life, what would you do? What would your three key strategies be if you were to start a real estate office from scratch or start your property management from scratch? Well, I did that. And, um, and I think, um, first of all, I would have no children. Um, that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we edit that out? Very much fun. <laughs> I lose so many hours and that maternity leave was a real bug there for me, um, professionally speaking. Um, but no, I think for me, um, there was a few different things that I really focused on to sort of start and I think these are the, the three activities that really got business moving for me and I wish I sort of knew this beforehand. Um, RPD, go to Facebook. Everyone's got a really chunky Facebook friend or family list um, and go through and I actually did this um, and it came it, it gave me so much new business um, I RP darted every single person on my Facebook friends list really <laughs> anyone that I knew and that was like friends family everyone so I actually Facebooked them and then of course I'm in direct contact with them on Facebook and they're a warm contact as such and so I contacted them, okay? So that was the first thing. I got like 20 new managements out of that exercise yeah. alone. Well done. The second part of that is also doing it with tradies, previous business clients, whether or not be people that have purchased property from you, people that have um, maybe, maybe a lost client, maybe there was some changes that you had to make in your department where... You know, you've gone down to zero because you've lost all this business. Um, RP data, business affiliates, so your local businesses, if you know the owner of a local business or you go and get your nails done at a local salon or, you know, that sort of stuff. RP data, all of those people. See if they own property. You'd be surprised on how high a portion of those people actually own 
property. And then rather than keeping it just focused on rental talk, and this is something that I do do, and it has helped me establish a very good, healthy relationship with the rest of the office, being both my directors and my, and my salespeople, is instead of contacting them and saying, can I talk to you about your investment property? I contact them and say, do you, need, do you have any real estate needs that we can assist you with, whether or not be purchasing, selling, renting, or refinancing options? So that conversation coming out of rentals then allows us to generate leads for the whole office, not just me specifically as a business development manager. And you will see as your business grows in business, well, sorry, in your, as your business grows, I guess, in profitability across all departments, you will absolutely see the benefit of that in as a BDM. So, um, and then I guess the third one is on the markets. I have, I went, I started with the generic, let's do mail outs to investors that own property in our area and, and bits and pieces. And I stopped all of that. It's what I call a non-dollar productive activity. For me, um, you want to sort of cut out the investors that are not on the market. They're not vulnerable enough. Okay. So they're complacent, even if their property manager is not doing a fantastic job, you know, they've got a tenant in place. Um, you know, they might look at their options, they may not, but the output and the energy and the time to contact those people on a cold basis is very time consuming and non-dollar productive. Yeah. So I, I've redirected that to on the markets only. So I prospect specifically to on the markets for both rent and in the market that we're in at the moment for sale as well, because in our marketplace, um, I think we were talking to another Harcourt's office not, not too far from where... Um, where we're located here, and they did one sale across a sales team of 12 salespeople for the quarter last quarter. Wow, really? So the market has really, really slowed down in the western suburbs here, and so a lot of people are looking at their options. They're going, well, we can't sell. Are we going to rent? Um, and rather than those people just going blind and Googling, I keep it off there and I prospect to them directly. So, um, And I do focus on that, and I'm sorry if I'm sort of, elaborating too much on this question, Dennis. So, you know, stop me if you no, need to. It's good. Um, but from what I'm sending them, and I think this is the crunch where people go, well, yeah, but I get that you're contacting them, but how are you contacting them and what are you sending them? Um, so there's two things that I've started doing, which has seen a huge increase in the amount of callbacks that I'm receiving. Because remember, we're, we're sending this um, material out to investors to call us. Mm. Um, so we don't want to give them too much information. We just want to entice their curiosity enough for them to pick up the phone and find out more. And I think that's a big thing that I see in my market. Property managers are in one letter putting 50 things of everything they do and then they've already got the information. You need to sort of get the phone ringing. So um, I started attacking properties that don't have scheduled open homes on a Saturday on the market for rent and on the market for sale. Um, so what, when traditionally in real estate, and this is across sales and rentals, um, if, if a owner is not having Saturday open homes, okay, let's talk about sales. They've either lost the relationship with their sales agent or their sales agent has given up completely because otherwise you'd have that property open for inspection on a Saturday. So they're, they're about to make a decision whether or not to come off the market to stay or to rent the property. The second part of that is from a rental perspective, if, that, if rental agents aren't having that property open for a Saturday, it means that that rental agent is lazy because every investor that I know wants their rental property open on a Saturday. And it's so, a time for them too. But of course, and, the, and that's the thing. And so if I'm sitting there going, well, my days on market are currently for working days, which it is, um, in a really non-desirable slow market and you, they've been sitting on the market for three weeks and their agency isn't having open homes on a Saturday, it's not rocket science of maybe why it's sitting on the market. So I started sending letters to these guys, flyers, saying, is your agent in big, bold print, A4 size, has your rental age, is your, what is it? Because I've redone the wording. Um, is your rental agent holding open homes for you each Saturday. And then it talks about my point of difference is I work 
six days a week, I'm showing people through your property on a Saturday. I'm on average getting this many groups through a property on a Saturday. And then it's all on the back page of that letter is all my just leased results. And I do case studies. So every just lease that I do, it's um, time on market, rent per week, time on market with previous agent, loss of rent with previous through vacancy with previous agency, the story behind it. Proof and, sentence. Uh, Showing them the proof. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's that's brilliant. You, so, you obviously, and these are <laughs> points me. of differences for you at the same time that you're showing clients that you are proactive. You're giving them the evidence, and you're hitting their pain points at the same time. Because if they're seeing that, the next person seeing it, they're thinking they're starting to question their um, loyalty with the current agent that they're with. You know, I've no doubt. You call people and they say, oh, but I've got a good property manager. Well, they're actually not working for you. The property's vacant. Well, I'm, just, I'm glad Jess is in Queensland because we didn't open properties on Saturday. Because you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there just watching Darren and Dennis. I'm like, guys, I didn't open my properties on Saturday. I really had and to you, open And you know what? I never have in the sense that pre, if we talk about, you know, years ago versus now, but, you know, market conditions and demands from clients change and we have to adapt to different market and I think on that as well from a market condition perspective that strategy is working for me now okay yeah, yeah. if you talk to me that that's because we're in a slow moving rental market where there's three times as much or more property on the market vacant and sitting longer than there was last quarter if you ask me this question last quarter my biggest um prospecting strategy was actually attacking properties that were on the market in a very passive aggressive way and if you don't mind me elaborating I can sort of go into that a little go bit more okay so basically I in my area I will drive drive past properties that have been on them or on the rental market I would contact that owner and I use a combination of RP data I use a combination of LinkedIn and Facebook to try and get direct contact with that client. You're not always going to be successful, but let's say if you get 70%, then it's better than none. Mm -hmm. um, I don't waste my time on trying to dig the 30% because it's non-dollar productive and you'll hear me say that a lot. Um, so for me, I contact them and I go, look, you're probably already aware of this because I know that you've, you've probably got a really great agency working on your behalf, but I've driven past your property and the grass is really overgrown and it may be... I guess, affecting the way that prospective tenants are, are looking at your property because first impressions are, are very important. Um, now, look, what I've done, and I hope you don't mind, but as your local agent, um, I've just contacted our local yard guy and he's got availability next Wednesday and Thursday. He's kept that free. Here's his contact details. I'll leave that with you and all the best for the leasing, um, through the leasing process with your agent. Very similar to the converting private owner strategy. Exactly uh, the same. And, exactly the same. So it's then, leveraging. Yeah. It's re leveraging service based rather yep. than coming with the hard sell. You're helping so them. It helping them without taking anything from them. Yeah, well done. That's awesome. Just, so, can I just, just jump in very quickly. Yeah. And sorry, Jay, you're sure. doing a great job. No, not at all. Just, just, all. just with our, our listeners and our viewers, just our technology yeah. gods aren't totally on our side at the moment. Jess, your audio, yeah. it's out of your control. Your audio goes loud, then it goes, then it goes quiet, goes loud, goes quiet. But it's all good. Keep on going. But just letting everyone sorry, know that unfortunately technology doesn't always before. work in <laughs> our favour, but it, it's fine. I'm sure everyone can still hear you fine. Sorry, so, it's probably my my tone because I'm used to projecting my voice very loudly. I, so I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a technology audio point of view, and I think it's out of okay. your control. But we'll keep on going. Yeah, okay, and cool. if I can just add something, um, um, you know, in our online library, we have got um, in the Inject Growth series a strategy on converting private owners. It's very similar to what Jess is doing for the, the um, current owners where their properties are sitting vacant. So certainly go and have a listen to that session because um, it's all about providing um, positive feedback for people rather than ringing them and saying, why aren't you using me? Because, you know, those strategies are dead in the water. They don't work. Nobody likes them. Nobody likes the hard sell. People want to be helped and they feel appreciated. It's about the experience that they have with somebody. You go to a coffee shop, you might have bad coffee, but the service and the experience was phenomenal. So you make the effort to go back. Um, I'll just, so I just mention while, while you're on it, Dennis, um, everyone, we've got around about 40 hours of uh, growth 
property management training. Um, I think it probably is over an hour, I think, on converting private owners alone just on that topic. I know you go really in deep. Anyone wants this information, go to our website, inspiredgrowthtraining.com. Go to the members tab and becoming an IGT exclusive member. You'll find that information there. And, and uh, once you become a member, you'll have access to our uh, to um, our, our portal there, but um, over to you guys again. Sorry, we've also got another session that we did with um, Shoshana from Perth. On um, she had a, a lot of success in converting private owners. Um, you know, she pretty well does three to four a month on private owners, and we're talking of rents of up to eight hundred minimum plus a week. So um, it's certainly a success that works in all marketplaces: cheap, medium and expensive but um yeah jess look obviously you're doing some great proactive work you know you're not relying on a sales team to grow your rent roll it's my favorite quotes <laughs> you know it's my favorite quote um you know stop relying on the sales team to grow the rent roll i mean how many sales people have you got two two <laughs> two 179 properties with two yeah. sales is Phenomenal. Well done. And That's we amazing. don't work, we don't operate in a high investor market in our sales team. So we're not dealing we because we're a, more of a suburban area, we've got investors that sure buy property, but it's not it's not often. Uh, we have a lot of owner occupy, um, a lot of owner occupiers. We don't have big unit blocks or big developments necessarily. So it is very much singularly sort of doing the hard yards. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't deny that our salespeople have a, a pinnacle role in, in getting me in front of a lot of people, especially from my business owner who is a selling principal mm -hmm. um, and having herself being established in the area selling for the last couple of years, it's been really good. Um, yeah. But I am starting to come away because as their market clients down, I have to keep that consistency. So... I, you know, you have to employ what I call non-negotiable activity, which is your prospecting activities on a consistent basis to ensure that you're not doing this with the salespeople. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yes, that's kind of perfect too, where you've gone, you've gone over all these different like listing strategies and I guess people that are listening aren't going to be in a similar position to you. Like they might be starting fresh, they might be, it's like Dennis was saying, you know, what, what would you do if you started today, like, you know, from scratch? But let's turn around like what if hypothetically if you were like in trouble and you had to bring on new business and the bank was calling you and you had five days to bring on seven new properties yep. now you've gone through all these other like amazing processes and and practices that you're doing what would you do if the pressure was on and you had five days to bring on seven new properties to be honest, I think that the activities that I've just talked about are really good, easy things to get fast results. So yeah. that would be actually my 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 thing. So which is RP dataing your family and friends list on Facebook, RP dataing your business affiliates, past clients and tradings, and attacks them on the markets. On the markets is probably third fastest turnaround compared to those first two because each time that I do on the market. I expect them by the third contact to call me because I contact them once a week while they're on the market. And if they've been on the market for three contacts, that means they've been on the market for three weeks. So the turnover is slightly slower, but more consistent. Um, as a hard hitting high volume, that's my, that would be my first point of call every day of the week. So consistency, I guess, is like what I pick up from that is consistency. Kind of do, do the small one percenters continually and, um, you know, then your business will come. It's not going to be overnight. No, I mean, look, some stuff, you know, you've, you've got a combination of, of a lot of things that drive business um, and it's important to be across those but not just slightly across each one. You need to be committed to each one full time and really put in the effort and, and establish yourself in the market mm. without having... Do, without doing those things and establishing yourself as the number one leasing agent or most recommended agent in the marketplace, you can forget about getting full fees because why would anyone pay you full fees when you're not the best? Well, that's it. And it comes down to like your, your points of difference too. It's like what you were talking about um, before. You open the properties up on Saturdays. You know, you're hyper-aggressive. You're calling um, prospective owners about, you know, the gardens and things like that. What? 
in your marketplace then, you're doing so well, what, are, what would you say are your main points of difference? I mean, from what you've said today, you are hyper-aggressive, you're consistent, um, you know your product. I think a lot of BDMs get caught up in themselves when they're talking about points of difference rather than talking about the points of difference maybe also in including your business and your property management team because um, as much as we're out there selling ourselves and people... Uh, you know, you're, it's just how good you can sell, not, not necessarily yourself, but how good you personally can sell the product that you're providing, um, which is both leasing and management services on our end. My three point of, uh, my points of difference, and I, I actually force these down, ram them down people's throats when I talk to them. And even when I've got someone just inquiring about our services, I chat to them and I email them through a pre-listing kit. Now, included in that email is a, is a 10 point points of difference and it's called Why Harcourts. Um, not Why Jess, Why Harcourts. And then it goes through my top three at the moment um, and I've worked really hard to sort of get these together, so to speak, um, is that on Rate My Agent, which I don't know is necessarily a platform that all property management divisions are utilising at the moment, but for me it's been a very, very good point of difference. Yeah. That by rate my agent, I am the number one most recommended leasing agent in in Oxley, and I'm also number one by most leased properties, which means I hold majority rental market share. That's the first point. The second point is that we have just taken out, and I say my team. Um, so my team, we've just taken out um, the number three award, or in the top three for Australia for the highest retention client retention. Wow. Very good. So, um, so what that means, and, and I put put it down in layman's terms for for my clients, is what that means is people come on board with us and they don't leave us. We haven't lost a single property since we've established our department in July two thousand and seventeen to a competitor. Fact. Um, so for us, we are we have got the highest retention of clients and staff in our marketplace, and we're the top three in Australia. Further to that, I then talk about, further on from, I guess, staff retention, I talk about structure. So um, I, it's a very sort of scripted line, so bear with me. So REIQ, which is the Real Estate Institute of Queensland, um, they provide advice to business owners on how to structure rental divisions based on volume of properties under management. Traditionally, a lot of owners will be guided by 100 properties per one full-time staff member servicing those properties okay so if you've got 200 properties REIQ sort of suggests perhaps two full-time staff members are enough to service that portfolio here at Harcourt's marketplace we've got five full-time staff members servicing a portfolio of 210 properties and what that means for you Mr Investor is that we have the time and the staff capabilities to invest more time in being more thorough um, so rather than putting um, a lot of pressure on our property managers to skip through doing routine inspections in five and ten minute intervals because they have to go through so many. Our girls can spend the time and be more thorough. It means less things are missed. Um, it means that you're protected and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I sort of progress from there. I also, further on from a retention perspective, I go, look, one of the reasons why I have so many clients approach me is that they're sick of having three different property managers in a period of 12 months. We have the highest staff retention in the market, um, in our immediate local market. And, um, and so you know that we look after our staff and they're not going to be a revolving door when it comes to the management of your property. Mm. That's really good. You, you, hey, yeah. you know, um, congratulations on the awards as well. Um, you know, uh, when before the boys jumped in on the meeting, you know, uh, you were sharing it with me and I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I never came up with that award because I think it's great because it's not just about the numbers. I mean, our BDM award winners, part of Inspired Growth isn't about the numbers. It's about what tasks and KPIs that you're doing, if you're doing it all, etc. cetera. But um, retainment of business, it's phenomenal. That's well done. I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a forgotten hero, isn't it? It's certainly it's on the front end, not on the back end. Yeah, no, you great, certainly know. Uh, okay, you. so 
Yeah, no, but fantastic points of difference there and, you know, really good leverage as well. And just before we, we move on with the interview, um, Jess, you're a part of the IGT Inner Circle and, uh, you know, you're a great contributor. But everybody, we do have an online community that you can be a part of. If you were two ways to get in, just go to Facebook, go uh, dial up the IGT Inner Circle or go to the Facebook page, Inspired Growth Training, and just press the button, join group. Dennis, there is one rule though, is uh, what, what's the rule? you got to answer the question. So I've just got it up on the screen there, IGT Inner Circle. So yeah. um, you, you need, like because of everyone's privacy settings, we don't know if you're in real estate. So please answer the questions. We, we, we unfortunately have more people joining who don't answer the questions. And unfortunately, unless they do, uh, I think Dennis, you message them. But after that, there's not much we can do. But get part uh, of the... I, I yep. message them. I give them a couple of weeks. If they don't respond, I just remove them. You know, yep. so um, and they're not hard uh, questions at all. We just want to know who you are, what you do, and uh, they're not difficult or, uh, or or you know. We need it. evidence that you're in real estate. Otherwise, we don't want our um, our family being spammed with people throwing advertising or seeing those silly Ray Ban ads. That's yeah. what we're yeah. not having our group. Yeah. I think on that group too, like especially if you're starting out as a BDM for the first time or as a business owner looking at expanding that part of your business, um, it really gives you a very good, truthful reality of what it's like on the ground rather than taking advice. I think as business owners, a lot of business owners, including probably my own, um, take a lot of advice from people in a head office position or in a corporate role that will give you textbook what they think based on their experience but won't be on the ground dealing with the market conditions. Um, and it's a great way of sort of soundboarding great ideas um, and I've certainly implemented lots and lots and lots of new ideas through that group. Um, and also a networking perspective, I've, I've managed to pick up a few new managements through cross-reference of BDNs who are in rural New South Wales or Victoria or, um, you know, Adelaide who have multiple property owners that also own investment properties um, interstate, which we certainly have a lot of uh, Sydney and in Melbourne investors that have invested into the Brisbane market. So yeah. it's, um, it's a really good opportunity for everyone to get involved. Okay, and thank, thank you, Jess. Now, Jess, what I might get you to do with your microphone there, I might just get you to pull it out of your clothes, just a little bit whether that's the cause of our audio issues. Let's continue on. Now, um, Jess, um, okay, so you're in the listing presentation. You've gone through your, uh, your points of difference. Sorry, that's the doorbell <laughs> in my office. And Dennis, I think you've got, you got some notifications on too. We get, I think we're getting your bing bongs. Michael's already confirmed that uh, he's on silence. So Dennis, if you can silence your computer, that would be Mate, great. I can't silence the front doorbell. I didn't even know. <laughs> All right, but don't go and answer it, okay? Don't worry about the front door. <laughs> uh, don't worry about getting distracted by little shiny objects or anything like that right now. We're going to finish this interview. Okay, moving on. So... Okay, Jess, you're in the listing presentation and you know what owners are like. Yes, that's your squirrel award, Dennis. We know that you're a bit of a squirrel and easily distracted. He needs to the for his noises, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So, okay. So, Jess, you're in front of the client and look, yeah. prospective clients like to feel that they've got a win. So, um, okay. So, when they turn around and say, well, Jess, we love you. But if you can match your management fee with the other agency down the road or the other agent is cheaper, how do you deal with that? Uh, two different ways. And it will depend on, on your clientele and how much... Oh, my God, Dennis. My phone rang. I've got to wear the beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, for anyone listening in, Dennis has got a green and gold uh, beanie on that we uh, put on people in events if their phone has disrupted people. So, Dennis, as you can see, <laughs> trying his very best to be a distraction to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jess, you were saying? No, not at all. So uh, two ways, and it depends on the client because I deal with a lot of hard-nosed investors that I know I can be equally hard-nosed back to um, versus people that might just need a bit of education and, and, and why, you know. And okay, maybe so how them. do you deal with the people educating first and then we'll deal with the hard-nosed, all right? So how do you do okay. that? <laughs> so I guess from, from that perspective, um, I would say... I would ask them, well, if you're basing your decision on fees, why didn't you just sign up with the person down the road? Yeah, well said. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
And, and then they'll sort of go, oh, because they don't, nah, or they aren't this, and uh, 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 right? And they will actually feed this for you so there's not a much you need to do. And then I come back with, well, you can probably understand that it doesn't make much sense for a superior agent to match fees with an inferior agent. And they'll go, oh, probably not. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think of that. Didn't think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. um, I also sort of follow on and say, look, guys, I, I will tell you, I'm not the most expensive agency in the marketplace, okay? But I refuse to be the cheapest. So for me, I, I like to sit in the middle ground, but you can understand I still remain competitive, but I'm not going to be the cheapest. Yep. Um, okay, well done. Well done. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with the, uh, the, 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 you said the hard nose or the ball breakers? How do you deal with them? Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm just, on this podcast. <laughs> Look, I think, um, I think for me, there's a few different perspectives of this, but I think I go in hard with my points of difference. Now, I would suspect anyone who is challenged out there at the moment and they find, you know, they've, they're coming up against uh, commission re reductions and, and really having trouble getting through and signing that business, can I just put something controversial out there and just say it's actually not a problem with fees. It's a problem with you not knowing your points of difference well enough. Because I think for me, I go out there and go, I'm number one most recommended. I'm number one by least. I've got the highest client retention. I've got this. I've got that. I've got staff retention. I've got no turnover of staff. We're over staff so we can provide you you know, the best. So when hard clients come back to me and say, oh, you do it for 6.5, well, let's compare apples with apples and oranges with oranges. Are they the number one most recommended? No, they're not. Are they, because I am. Are they the number one most least? No, they're not, because I am. Have they got as many staff members servicing a small boutique portfolio? No, they don't. Blah, blah, blah. If you, if you memorise and grow confident in your points of difference and you you focus on those points when you're doing any kind of listing presentation it overcomes the objection without having to really confront that head on and go um uh whatever so that's what i would do and i i'll tell you i guess and, and for people that go oh well that's okay for you because you've been doing it for so long i for the first time it was before i went to melbourne for a conference i had a client who literally owns a property two streets down, had three agents in and came back to me and said, um, you're the most expensive agent. Um, get back to me when you're going to be more rea more realistic with your fees, like really quite rude. And I was yeah. like, well, yeah. never. Yeah. So I wrote back saying, um, perhaps you need to get more realistic on your expectations. These are the things that you can expect from me for this fee. If you don't want to pay, that's fine. But you're not going to get that with any other agency. And I came back really hard. It was the first time that I actually, maybe not the first, but maybe I don't do this all the time where I, I, I'm confident in losing business. I, for me, I want every lead. Mm. Um, and I don't necessarily believe in like, oh, well, it's not a good fit for the business or whatever, just don't worry about it. I, I really do nurture, like I take it personally if I don't get and convert a management. But it was the first time that I was like, no, I'm going to stick to because my points are different are clear as day and I've worked really hard to get to the number one least um, number one recommended number one by lease property like I've worked really hard for that so why and I just say I work really hard for it I'm the best in the market if you want the best in the market let me know I'm ready to come on board anytime you are if you don't want the best in the market I wish you all the very best with um <clears throat> where am I or whatever yeah, and, just, and sure yeah. enough it went on loud to say it's like that type of approach how, in 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 how often do you you get the business over the line look I I do uh, but I think that further on from that there is two parts of getting full fees I I, I have this problem with a lot of different um, people and BDMs that, that struggle with fees, but their agency is nowhere to be found in market share. Their agency is nowhere to be found on, on the major internet platforms. Mm. Their agency is nowhere to be found as far as local signage in the area. Their agency is nowhere to be found in 
prospecting or letterbox drops or anything, the agency's nowhere to be found on Facebook, but then they're turning around and going, oh, we're really struggling with the conversation about getting full fees. Yeah, because you're the people that I'm winning business against. I'm the one getting full fees and you're the one coming in as an inferior agent um, concerned about offering the client bloody 5%. You're those people. So I guess from that perspective, you need to work really hard in establishing yourself in your local market um, as far as exposure, as far as your reputation, as far as how you promote yourself, your points of difference. The full things will come. Like I am not having those same conversations that I was having 18 months ago when I was first establishing our rental department in this area. 18 months ago, it was a very hard slog with fees. Now people know that I'm the established agent, if that makes sense. So No, you've certainly got a good online presence, you, you know, uh, throughout the board. And, and just, if I could just add, you're talking sure. about, you know, getting the full fees and, and why people don't sign up the managements. You know, um, again, it's another favourite quote of mine. One of the key reasons people don't get the listing is they don't know their points of differences or they don't know how to sell the services. You're obviously, you know, you've said it a few times, you're driving home your points of differences, you're driving home your systems and procedures, you're you're giving them facts, Um, you're showing them the evidence as well in everything. So, you know, you're ticking so many boxes. Um, It's, you know, no wonder that you're, and you've only got two sales agents, it's no wonder you're having so much success in retaining the business you win as well. I think it's important as well with that is that gone are the days that in our listing presentations we go, oh, well, our our property managers do three monthly routine inspections or we do an entry condition report at start of tenancy. Like, everyone does that, guys. Like, I don't know why we're talking about it. So I don't know why we're concentrating 80% of talking about what how we collect rent on a fortnightly basis and blah, blah, blah. You need to think outside of the square with your points of difference. What is it structure? Is it business? Is it your community involvement? Is it um, the fact that you're renting 33% of your total stock volume before it hits realestate.com? Is it, you know, what what is it? And actually sit down and go, right, these are the things that make us different. And they don't even have to be department related, so to speak. But as long as you can show value and that the the client is going to be more profitable under your management than any other agency in the area. If you can prove those two things, you've won the business. How you choose to demonstrate those things are up to you, but don't relate, don't sort of rely on process and procedure because as a previous property manager, when I managed property for eight years and I've run departments for the last, let's say 15, those procedures and, and processes are the same because we're legislated. We have to do that stuff. So it's not a point of difference. Of such, if if you have a property manager that's not doing six monthly routine inspections as a minimum, then they're actually in breach. So, you know, so stop focusing on that. Start focusing on profitability. Mm. Uh, Guys, um, I I think we'll just go straight to the last question, if that's okay. And uh, Jess, you're on stage at the Inspired Growth Conference. You've only got five minutes. You're talking to business owners and BDMs, property managers, but you've only got Actually, you only got one minute. What's the most important thing that you would say? For me, and this has followed my whole career, not just in the last, let's say, 12 months to 18 months, stay hungry and a no doesn't mean no. It means not right now. So I build a very warm contact database of my prospective clients and they're people that have gone and signed with another agency potentially potentially. They're people that have inquired about our services. They're people that don't know if they're going to rent it out. Um, When people say no, all that means is not right now. So stick, be persistent, continue with the follow-up. Your clients should be hearing from you at least four times a year, at least. Mm. Okay. Um, You know, and, and honestly, it needs to be, it needs to be value content. It needs to be personalized contact, like, hello, how are you? How's your property going? How's everything? Last time we chatted, we're talking about this, etc. So that's the first thing. Just stay completely persistent with every single lead that you get because they will come around eventually. It just takes someone to stuff up and then you're in. Um, stay hungry. I, don't, I never stay complacent. So even when I was bringing on, you know, I think March I did 22 or 23 managements, I went, right, I need to take that to 30. So stay, don't, don't get to your KPI and go, oh, deal done always push for more, always look for 
where can I improve? Where can I change? Where can I adapt things and, and think of things a little bit more unique? Like I've, I've actually gone back to basics. So my new prospecting marketing plan is actually going back to basics. So I've gone back to doing just leased to every time I lease a property. And because I'm leasing the big, um, you know, I, I'm leasing because I'm doing relets as well. So I actually do all our leasing relets as well as new business um, and because of that I do just least as well so go back to basics don't forget the basic fundamentals and there's a lot of that um, in the IGT circle and there's a lot of that um, in the members section of your website um, just that foundation and the basics mm. um, but be you need to establish yourself in the local market stop setting targets so big okay set on your local market where you've already got maybe an established sales presence or otherwise um, get your signboards out. I go, I have professionally erected for rent signboards and I put lease stickers up. People forget to do it. Even if you get your property manager to do it, once they go and do the entry condition report, something's better than nothing. So just continue being that presence. You need to get your business owners and you need to have a chat to your business owners. And I, and I do believe in this. If there are any business owners out there, you need to contribute towards your BDM profile in the marketplace so the best decision that my directors ever did was come to me and said right I actually came to them but they'll probably claim otherwise um, and we had a chat about increasing our profile on realestate.com or increasing our subscription to a premier property okay mm -hmm. now no one no one has even a highlight subscription in our area wow right? really so I said and they said well even if we just do a highlight we're going to be twice as big or three times as big as, and this is, we're talking about 18 months ago, um, we're going to be twice as big. And I said, no, we're going straight for the top because we're going to establish ourselves in a, as a market leader. And Sorry. sure enough, we've now got three or four different agencies that have had to increase their subscription. Who haven't figured out they should put professional photos on that ad, but that's another story. Um, increase their subscription and their profile to catch up with me, not the other way around. Absolutely. So... But that had that was going to there was going to be a transitional period in the in the first couple of months of that where you may not get full marketing, okay? So you might get a contribute, you know, you might get a, a contribution from owners um, in a market that doesn't have BPA or vendor paid advertising. My BPA is now four hundred and thirty dollars per listing. So, and I work in a market where there is nothing charged. So, um, charged. I've got the highest VPA in the Harcourts group. Wow, so, so it's certainly, it's certainly a, a tough market that you've you've got there, Jess. I know, <laughs> I know. Certainly, when it comes to people paying for um, uh, internet marketing, Brisbane yeah. and Queensland has the lowest rates of recovery, um, and uh, obviously the, the the property portals out there, I guess, keep on charging, and of course their their fees going up. But Jess, I just want to say a big thank you. You've done really thank well. You. Lots of really thank good you. information. We're going to wind this podcast up but some um, guys very very impressive and Dennis I think we do have to get Jess on stage at some stage at the inspired growth conference so oh I'd love that all right guys well thank you I think we don't thank thank you very much and uh, I appreciate thank you so much guys thank you and, and of course Michael this is your first podcast too so well done for getting involved everyone that uh, Michael is a now a director with the inspired growth training team so well done Michael some great questions there too but thank you everyone take care I hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next time bye